Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined by the returning Frank Sanders today. Frank, what's the good word? Welcome back, sir. Man, it's good to be back. I have been around the world, and I can't say that I have found my baby yet. I have oh, no. just, I have been traveling, man. Uh, you guys have seen the world, going through combines, going through a bunch of stuff, and now we're in the midst of the draft. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It has been a whirlwind, Frank, as the Cardinals enter free agency this week, very inactive. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit more about that inactivity uh, especially with a couple big names that are supposedly available. One and all of certain is available, uh, that being defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, who was released after the team, the Philadelphia Eagles, attempted to trade him. Uh, he had a huge bonus, I think, that was end up being due somewhere in the neighborhood of $18 million. Uh, 31-year-old, six-time Pro Bowler. He is going to turn 32 during the season next October. He is available now. Now, the team supposedly has talked about bringing him back. But then you've got Zach Ertz on Twitter openly recruiting him along the defensive line. What would an addition like this, Frank, do to this Cardinal defense? I mean, it it is solidified middle without a doubt. The guy's a beast. He he can play strong up top. Um, Got a lot of – he got a lot of – still got some motor left in his body, man. So, to me, you bring a veteran leadership with some some time. He's already won a Super Bowl with Zach, so Zach is trying to recruit – another guy that would be helpful. Our middle looked like pudding all last year, which is, which yep. is, you know, which is pretty bad. But I think having someone with some veteran leadership with his history and time and tenure in the game, he brings a skill set that would be, would be absolutely um, an immediate impact. Unfortunately, right now, again, we're talking about a guy that was making an average of $17 million over the last couple of years of his contract. And again, he still feels like he deserves money. And that's, that's one of the things right now the Cardinals will have much of. Well, the Cardinals look like a lot like your Cardinals, Frank, of the 90s right now in terms of their inactivity. We'll get to your free agency experience later on in the show. But I will say, right. you know, Fletcher Cox to me is the, the right pickup if the price is right. Um, I don't think that after Jordan Phillips – Busting with this team who was released yesterday after Chandler Jones getting banged up on the wrong side of 30. I've been consistent 
my messaging, like I would not go all out to sign another big name defensive tackle if you're talking about a bunch of guaranteed dollars. But I think what the folks in the comments were saying, you know, if if we can get him for a two year deal um, that that makes sense for both parties, I think Fletcher would do well here. He's that penetrating defensive tackle that they just don't have, that they really haven't had since Calais Campbell left. He's fine against the run. He is not as robust as he was in his early years. But, you know, Frank, between Fletcher Cox, and then there's also rumblings or or more than rumblings, confirmation, Danielle Hunter, who is a supremely gifted edge rusher from Minnesota, went to LSU, former third-round pick. He's got a big bonus, too. And the Minnesota Vikings right now are talking about potentially trading or cutting him. So we're seeing this correlation with a lot of teams that expensive aging front seven players could get cut. Now, Hunter, I believe, would be the better investment if you could get him on the free agent market. But Frank, in your opinion, what do you think this defense needs more? An impact defensive tackle or an edge rusher now that Chandler Jones is out of town? Well, when I look, when I turn around, if I'm the defensive line, I turn around and I see those young babies I have back there right now, Zavin, as well as as well as my boy Isaiah. I've, yeah. I figure I, we need somebody up the middle, without a doubt. Um, you need somebody to be able to stop the run. Again, we saw that all last year. We had JJ and we had CJ on the outside, but our middle, I feel, was just so decimated. It wasn't good. Again, Jordan Hicks played his ass off, and using that respectfully. He played his butt off, man. This guy never missed a game. He gave everything he had. He showed up every game. And that was Fletcher Cox is 30-plus on the other side of 30. But your boy, Mr. Hunter, he's under 30. He's 27 years old. He's long. He's rangy. He's got a lot of – still got – his motor is good. He's very active with his hands. It's almost like if you're going to take Fletcher, you got to look and say, I'm getting a guy that's over 31. Is he still hungry? Does he have that dog in him? I would say yes more to Hunter than I would say to yeah. Fletcher. I'm with you. And I would even say if you could get Daniel Hunter and I know that, you know, it's been a few seasons since he's gone off. But in his prime, 2018, 2019, back to back, 14 and a half sack seasons. He was in the running for defensive player of the year. Now he was hurt in 2020 last year, coming back to speed, six sacks in in seven games. I don't think he's going to cost you an arm and the leg. I think you could get him for a conditional third or fourth round pick. And when you're talking about making an investment at linebacker, 6'5", 260. Now, can he stand up? I don't know. I don't know if he can he can play off the edge in a two-point stance. He's been in a 4-3 under Mike Zimmer his entire career. What I will say is that the Cardinals have had good success targeting linebackers outside in free agency. They have not had good success targeting defensive tackles. And we've got some folks... Uh, in the chat saying, um, you know, oh, my God, Hunter would be awesome. He played great against us, absolutely. When we played Minnesota this year, we couldn't block him. Uh, Mike B. saying if we can restructure Hunter's deal, yes, give up a second-round pick for him. Um, B. saying, Johnny, why is it so quiet across the NFL right now? Could it be possible other teams, free agents, are waiting for Deshaun Domino to fall um, I would say that's that's absolutely correct. I think that several high-profile free agents are waiting to see where Deshaun goes. Armstead, the tackle for the Saints, is debating whether or not to come back to New Orleans, whether or not if, if Deshaun is there. Uh, I think the receiver market, which outside of this Allen Robinson to the Rams, which is just awful if you're a Cardinal fan, 
Um, a lot of these other mid-tier, lower-tier receivers like a Jarvis Landry or Will Fuller are waiting. It is holding everything up. But I just think we're this is an uncharacteristically slow off-season start to free agency that I've seen in some time, Frank. It's it's frustrating because you know, I put this on Twitter earlier. Ten years of Steve Kime in in this mm-hmm. you know, month of March, and he has been as aggressive as any GM. And now it's like, well, he gets his contract extension, and a lot of people, Frank, feel like now he's slow playing it. He feels like, oh, I I'm good, I'm comfortable, I don't have to go out and be aggressive. Would you would you consider that a fair take? I mean, I would consider it a fair take, but I have to look. I, let's just look at it like this here, guys. A lot of these guys are getting guaranteed contracts, and there's a lot of money that's on the table for these guys. The players right now today, they're not talking two and three years without guaranteed money. So you have to balance that out between the guy that you're actually getting. Again, Von Miller just wrecked the whole system, system up. The guy went from six years, $120 million. He had five games last year with the Rams and got a Super Bowl. And he just had a cash cow for six years, $120 million. That's Von Miller. So look at the market right now. Again, the quarterback market's already tiered at 37 and higher and above that. Receivers are making 20 plus. The D linemen, we have to kind of figure out that these guys, they now they're the, they're the grunt guys that want guaranteed contracts. So I can see the slow play right now. I'm thinking a lot of general managers right now are probably trying to figure out how do they match even money with these guys right now and how it look how to make it look good in the short in the short term whereas we can cut some of these guys and backload a bunch of that money and call it dead space and then wash it off the books after three years so you got to look at it from that perspective that these guys right now all of them are asking for bread and it's a lot of money they're asking for right now cardinals update you know makes a good point i think a lot of cardinal fans feel this way money shouldn't be an issue when other teams are are basically with no money or paying guys and it's kind of a double-edged sword, Frank, because mm-hmm. they have the, the amount of money they have right now is irre- irrelevant because they're going to get under the cap. They can restructure. They can push salaries to future years. What I look at is their financial commitments, 2023, 2024, are minimal. Now, there's a big fat caveat that goes with that, and that's an extension to your franchise quarterback, which is going to come at some point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, DJ Humphreys is off the books next year. J.J. Uh, Watt is off the books next year. You've got a lot of your robust contracts. I mean, really, it is only the likes of Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins and then your rookie class from last year. Now, they have to make decisions on guys like Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. And who knows? Maybe that's that's what they're hedging their bet. Well, we got to resign our own. We got to save some money. But I think to a lot of Cardinal fans, well, that doesn't help you for this season. And then you see all the other teams, the contenders. Tampa Bay's resigning everybody and bringing in external players. You know, nobody's more aggressive than the Rams. Even the Niners signed the top corner. I mean, this is, Frank, and I'm not sure if you saw this or not, this is the only move the Cardinals have made. Yeah. Now, yeah. It, could be, it could be a great one. Jeff Gladney, former first-round pick of the Vikings, certainly talented. Two-year deal, I'm, I'm guessing very minimal guaranteed money. But, I mean, when you look at this, Frank, as their only marquee addition on the outside, I mean, what do you think? Look, I'm I'm okay with that. I think that when you say he's a first round draft pick, former first round draft pick, yes, that means they saw the upside of him. The kid kid actually absolutely can play cornerback. Mm-hmm. He had a little character issue, and that kind of knocked him off. And then with an injury behind that, because he hadn't played a consistent, he hadn't played you know for the most part the last couple of years, last year and a half. So, but I think that's a good pickup. He had if he still has the talent, add something to the table. 
We still have Murphy. We still have some cornerbacks that's in, the, in our fold. I'm not mad at that. I agree with you, Johnny. He's been pretty – Steve Cam has been slow to the draw, and I'm, I'm surprised at that. I don't know exactly why these guys are like that. We've signed some good names. If I'm on this Cardinal team right now, I'm excited about who we have thus far, but I definitely know for a fact we need we need some interior linemen on our defensive front, and we need definitely a middle linebacker that's going to – somebody with a voice and a presence on our defense because we have enough voices on our offense. Uh, it's it's I would I would say for the people who are concerned about the cornerback position, I think they're young and athletic enough mm-hmm. and you have to find out what you have in Byron. Um, I don't think you need to go out and make a splash corner move now. Maybe you want to bring back Robert Alford. Uh, I'm not taking a corner at 23. I never was. But especially now, uh, this kid Gladney is getting uh, ample opportunities to make an impact and, and be in the starting lineup. Um, Travis just moved to Scottsdale, found this channel to help me out with Arizona sports. Awesome. Thank you, Travis. Uh, we hope that uh, we can do the job for you, for you here at PHNX Cardinals and PHNX in general. Uh, welcome to the family, my friend. Uh, welcome, Osmar welcome. Uh, says, what's a good young stud in the wide receiver position we can get in the draft? Well, there are too many to name. I think uh, London, the kid from USC, is somebody that yes. a lot of people like. Uh, the two like Ohio them. State receivers, uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Alave. Um, th- th- I think that will be, Frank, assuming we don't see a marquee addition free agency, which we haven't seen anything that closely resembles that, I think the Cardinals are going to draft another receiver. Look, I'm okay with that with the first pick in the draft. If we trade him out, I'm all right with that too as well. But I will say I do like Drake London from USC. Mm-hmm. Six foot five, the guy can still fly. I like body on the other side of, of D-Hops. I need a did a good job of having some size. Again, we're looking at our quarterback who threw probably 30% of his passes off the back of his foot, rolling back, giving guys a chance to make plays. Either they were dropping in over the top to Christian Kirk or the guys picking up and grabbing the ball out of the air because they had the height and the size. D-Hop did that. AJ did that. I like those two. But here's a little sleeper name I want to give you guys that I'm happy on, and I like this guy. He's a kid out of Cincinnati. His name is Alec, Alec Pierce. He's six foot three. He ran a four three at the combine. He's 208 pounds. He's a tall, lanky kid. Look, he's already graduated twice. He's got double double degrees. He's smart and intelligent. I like him. He's rangy. Yeah. We need somebody with somebody on the other side. So I'm okay with that. I hope that that's the way I hope that's the route we go because right now, the way you have to balance that money out, you can't go D hops making 20 plus and then on the back end try to find a guy that you you're going to pay another $15 million to. That's going to eat up a lot of that money. So I'm okay with him. I like Rondell. And then we got a tight end we just paid, two tight ends we just paid. So mm-hmm. I think we're pretty solid in that area right there. Uh, quality over quantity, or quantity over quality might be Kimes thinking this offseason. I don't know, says Mike B. That or he's working on Kyle's extension, so the money is being held up. I You got to multitask. Right. And uh, a lot of other teams are they got a lot of irons in the fire. The Cardinals. I mean, it's it's bizarre. Typically around this time, you know, I get word, you, you know, there there are whispers that, well, the Cardinals are interested in this player, even if they don't end up signing him outside of I knew they had an interest in Hassan Reddick. They've kind of given a flyer to Calais Campbell. Should that mm-hmm. transpire outside of that? I mean, like no legitimate, no legitimate interest in any other free agents of note. It's been quiet on the national scene. Uh, you have to think this is deliberate by Steve. Um, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Yeah. It is not yeah not what you would hope. Uh, how do we feel about Zadarius Smith? I think that 
it sounds like he's probably going to end up in Dallas, which is just Dallas already has Michael Parsons and and uh, Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence. So I mean, Car- I think Frank and I say, I've been saying this. I think right now with Chandler gone, they are in dire need of an impact pass rusher. And the longer this goes, the uglier it's going to get. You you can't you can't replace Chandler Jones with what you have internally. And at the very least, you need you need to go out and make an impact move because you've got you know quarterbacks in your division now in you know especially in San Francisco that can move a little bit. There are plus offensive lines in this division. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals face a plethora of Pro Bowl quarterbacks on their schedule, and you know I know that they were not great at the end of last year defensively, even with Chandler Jones. But I think we all forget what it's like to not have somebody that commands that kind of presence on your defense, and now it's just. You're, you're going to have a huge gap unless you fill it. Yeah, I, I look, Vance Joseph has a – Coach Joseph has a decision to make, and I think I'm not sure how much voice and how much power he has in that room with Steve Kimes and these guys on deciding who they're going to bring in. We need a linebacker that has a voice that can replace Jordan Phillips. He's the motor. He's the mouth of the of the defense that allows these guys to get lined up in the right spot. We signed some guys, and Allen and Gardeck brought those back. We brought those guys back, but they're not – they're not the name guys you need. The names we are talking about in Fletcher, we're talking about Hunter, and even Zadarius Smith. These are names that you do need to kind of protect all the youth that you have on the outside. you got to have some veteran experience. If not, you're, you're going into the 2022 season with a bunch of young guys that might have less than two or three years of play, and that's not good. you got to have some extension to that. So <clears throat> maybe the Cardinals are just keeping a, doing a very good job of keeping it close to the vest. They don't want to. They don't want to show their hand on what they're going to do. The twenty third pick, like you said before, Johnny, on many occasions, it's not a. It's not a pretty pick. You're kind of catching the the, the back end of the litter when it comes yeah. to the first round. But in reality, we maybe we can flip that around and make some decisions because we're not we're not trading anybody. Mm-hmm. We're not moving anybody, so we don't really have any bodies to move like we did before when we had Connors as well as Connors or Edmonds or Kirk. I I just feel like Steve. The Cardinals, I, I like a lot of their players they're bringing back, but I, I feel like they might be overvaluing their own. I, there's this talk that they were 10 and 2 before they collapsed, but they were 10 and 2 with the players they're bringing back outside of Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's good to have confidence in your scouting department and, and want to pay your own guys, but there are blatant holes on this roster that haven't been filled. And, and most everybody do not feel like they can, especially edge rusher, can be filled internally. Um, Jalen brings up a good point in the chat says chargers are paying two wide receivers, 20 plus million, that being, uh, Keenan Allen and, uh, Mike Williams Buccaneers. They're just mm-hmm. playing on a whole different level. They've got a $20 million and an $18 million receiver. Rams have three 13, $15 million receivers. No excuse not to be aggressive in adding talent, uh, to this team other than being cheap. Frank, now that Allen Robinson is going to L.A., most people feel like Odell Beckham will not re-sign there. Would that be a name, even though he's rehabbing from an ACL, that you would be open to bringing to Arizona? Without a doubt. (laughs) I've been begging for O.J. You know me. I know. I've been begging for O.J. OBJ, man. I need talent. You need talent. You need talent. You need talent to put your name on the conversation. Look, what he talked about, the two receivers at the Chargers, they got a rookie quarterback. The only thing he's still on it money so they're not really paying a whole bunch we already talked about tom brady at the buccaneers guess what he's doing he's not maximizing the 47 million to 52 million dollars he should be getting 60 million to be played because he's the goat right that's what everyone would say he should be getting that high-end money more than anybody else in the league but he's not he's balancing his money 
with everything else to make sure he has players around him. So that's a different than that. The Rams having $15 million guys, I'm okay with that because they're taking the mindset of what of what LeBron, uh, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh did over in Miami back in the days with, with the Heat. They all took $18 million across so yeah. they all can play with each other. So that's that's contract negotiation, but that's players evaluating themselves saying we want to play together. <clears throat> can the Cardinals do it? Yes. They can go out and do it. But I'm looking at the mindset right now, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish. we got a quarterback that's probably going to make about 37 to $42 million next year, which is deserving. And then we still got to go in the back. I would like, like you, JV, Steve Kynes, wrap this thing up. Go be aggressive. Pay the guys you want to pay. Get a, get, do one move. Yes. We, we have not seen that we one need, move. We, Here, we need a couple. We need a couple. Yeah, but I, I mean that out. big marquee splash move. Here's what we've got. Yeah. This is what we got so far in Arizona. The outside additions uh, here in the desert. And that's all due respect to uh, to Jeff Blatney. This is what we got going on, man. Uh, I, had, I had to, Jacob asked, do I have any new graphics today? I'm like, nope, I'm going to pound this one into, into the dirt. I want to remind everybody, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year. With DraftKings Sportsbook, turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. The tourney's going on right now, and you can make money via the DraftKings Sportsbook app using that promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoop team and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. The more legs you add, the more money you can win for those bigger payouts, utilizing those same game parlays. Remember, 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer-only minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Um, would you be pro bringing back Calais Campbell? I know you know Calais, great ambassador for the Valley, but he's also 36 uh, is that a move that would move the needle with this Cardinal team and this fan base, or is he simply over the hill? Look, you said he's 36. I, I, that in itself speaks for itself, that he's 36. I mean, Calais did not go over and dominate at the Jaguars. He did it for one year when they had a team together, and then after that they dispersed that team and just dismantled it. And again, that's what they are right now. He's 36. Check this out right here. You said this, I think, two days ago. I heard you guys when you and Saul was talking. Here's some of the top names in the free agency that we use these names. Calais Campbell, Calais Campbell, he's 35. Jason Pierre-Paul, he's 33. Akeem Hicks, he's 32. Jerry Hughes, he's 33. Uh, Mario Addison, he's 34. Davion uh, De- Clowney, he's 29. When we start naming these names and getting these guys that have names in the league, their names have paid them because their pay has produced a little bit. But right now at this stage of the game, these guys' names don't carry the weight that it should. I'm surprised Von Miller got six years, $120 million. That's stupid. We already seen uh, Z- Zadarius tell the Ravens, I'm good. I don't want that money. I want more money because there's more money for them. You know the Cardinals aren't going over what the Ravens just paid. Right. So Not at all. So we need we need something to happen, but I don't think I don't think Calais is that guy right now. Well, but we need to find some kind of way to go in the, either go in the draft and get some hunters or like you. The issue with Calais is not the issue. He, to me, he is the icing, right? He's not the cake. You bring in Calais, 
like, like people are gonna people yeah maybe even this maybe a cherry just, just, yeah but people are people who are not living and dying with this every day like us like the people mm -hmm. in the chat are gonna look at Clayus and say well we're getting the Clayus of six seven years ago when he was in arizona dominating that's not the case mm -mm. we're gonna get a Clayus that's on his last legs more so than jj can come in and be a rotational piece morale guy that's awesome but he also plays five technique the cardinals have two starting five in zach mm -hmm. allen and jj watt so it's like where does he fit on the starting lineup because you know you got to give zach allen as many chances next year to prove himself before his contract's up and then you don't have a true nose tackle on the roster that, that i would rather them go out and sign a nose so calais to me like if they get all their other holes filled and they feel good about their roster in june july and calais is around and they bring him in that's a great move. But Calais being like your first significant addition to the offseason, certainly of note, he's not an edge rusher. He, he, you know, you're running a three, four, you need stand up outside linebackers. So I, 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 to, to Ian's point, he would still help the interior. We wouldn't hate him, but he's not enough to be like, this is going to put this team over the top. This will help what we saw in the postseason, which was just a dumpster fire. Um, I, to me, it's not a move that I would be in any rush to make if I were the Cardinals. I agree with you on that. Look, everyone's speaking, they would speak, everyone speaks highly of him. He's a great dude, great person in, in, in the locker room, but I wouldn't bring him back, not at all. Not just because we don't need his veteran leadership at that level. We need a guy right. that can go out and play ball and be a dog. Remember this here, guys. We have we have we have no interior that has depth. Like we have no year, no experience in, in our interior line. Everybody is very, very young. And then when you turn around and look at Simmons and Zavin, they're all young too. So we're mm -hmm. we're really weak in our in our front seven when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals defensive front. We've seen our secondary play. They could make plays. These guys led the league for what five or seven weeks with picks, interceptions, turnover, and they were doing a great job. So we know our secondary can can put up some numbers and um just from a defensive standpoint. But our interior line, our front line, and our front and our, and our three linebackers—they're all young, and we need we need some splashes. We need names like a Hunter, and we need a Cox. We need them both to sign the same day or two days behind each other in order to give this team some kind of recognition. Because when we look on the other side of the field, the team that just won the Super Bowl—they still got that dog over there called Aaron Donald, and he's mm -hmm. a beast, and he's going to command more people to come out and play with him. Just, and those guys are not going to leave. So. We need some names on this side of the field that's going to allow us to be dominating in our front seven. If this gets anybody's uh, blood pumping, the Cardinals did announce today the re-signing of long snapper Aaron Brewer and uh, veteran punter Andy Lee. I love Andy Lee. Aaron Brewer's fine. I love Andy Lee. He's a, he's a great, reliable punter. The Cardinals had much improved special teams last year. So that's not nothing. Uh, both are coming back on a one-year deal. Um, so... Frank, they have signed, they have re-signed almost 10 of their own players from a team that finished last year one in five. And again, I I love Max Williams, right? Dennis mm -hmm. Kardec, how can you not root for him? These are not moves that are going to push them over the top in the NFC West. And I just, I feel like right now, if you're asking me to make a, a snap judgment, which is what I love to do on March 17th, this is an organization that says, We've got stability at head coach and GM. We'll figure this shit out with Kyler. We're just going to be good enough to maybe sneak into the playoffs. It's not an all or nothing season. 
But at the same time, we're also not going to be aggressive enough to just flood our salary cap for future years. They, This is the most calculated and reserved I've seen from Steve. I didn't know. And who knows? It could end up making a difference. I did, know, did not know he had it in him to be this reserved. And I just I'm concerned where my concern is overvaluing your own players, number one. And number two, you're allowing your division rivals to continue to put the pedal to the metal. I feel like San Francisco, they're being linked to Jarvis Landry that, you know, they're making some moves. They're going to be aggressive, especially with Trey Lance's um, rookie uh, salary deal, uh, especially once they are able to dump Jimmy G. You know, Seattle's its own dumpster fire. Everything that's going on with Russell, that franchise is irrelevant. So you've defaulted to number three at minimum. But the two teams that represented the NFC title game, no one feels like, even though the Cardinals swept the Niners last year, no one feels like the Cardinals are better than the two teams in front of them. And the two teams in front of them, Frank, keep making moves. Look, they're making moves because, remember, this team, the San Francisco 49ers has a a young quarterback that they're trying to put their hopes in. They believe mm-hmm. that Trey Lance is going to do a lot. So they got to surround him with a lot of talent. The same thing that Jacksonville did with your boy over there, and they brought in three three stud receivers to try to give Trevor Lawrence some 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 weapons, and you need that. Our team, I agree with you 100%. We, sh- we pooped the bed on the last five to seven games of the season, which mm-hmm. is horrible. But my question would be this here and my concern, because we're so slow to the, to the draw right now, yeah. JV, here's a question. Do you think that because they have those terms, the terms of their contract, that is being Steve Kimes mm-hmm. and Cliff Kingsbury, they now are putting themselves in a position where they can build long-term while it- they're trying to take the, the immediate approach of winning right now? I would be fine with that. And Saul asked me that yesterday. I, I am all for building through the draft. Um, I think it can be a little overrated, as the L.A. Rams have shown you, especially with your early picks. But I, I am totally fine if they want to do more so. And we're seeing it now, comp and getting these comp picks. that They're due a third, a fifth, and a sixth right now next year. That's great. The problem is, and has remained, Steve Keim is under grossly underperforming as a GM when it comes to the draft. This is his best period in terms of you're going to ask what his strengths are. His strengths are evaluating pro talent and subsequently signing them to cost-effective deals. Jordan Hicks was a good signing. Justin Pugh, right? A.J. Green last year. Matt Prater. This is where Steve Keim has his bread and butter. Then you fast forward to late April, and that's where the team shits the bed. That's where the team does not. What's going on? Adams to the Raiders. What is what is what is Saul in the comments saying? Uh, Devontae Adams has been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for two prime 2022 picks. Holy shit. <sighs> so you if, you, if you're Aaron Rodgers, what are, what are the Packers going to do? They don't have any receivers. Are they going to go out and get it? They, they'll probably go out and get Odell. They'll probably go out and get. Julio Jones, you can't, wow. if you're the Packers, you cannot wow. replace Devontae Adams. That significantly wow. weakens the, the Green Bay Packers. Thank you for that, Saul. Mr. Bookman on the road in San Diego as they get ready for U of A basketball. The Pro Bowl receiver Devontae Adams is going to the Vegas Raiders for two prime 2022 picks. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's their first and second round pick. I trust Lazard. And a couple of other players. Barf. Oh, I, I mean, say all this tongue in cheek because they came to State Farm Stadium and beat the Cardinals' ass on right. Thursday night. But 
man, that that is wow. I, I let's get all the good players. That maybe that's what Steve's thinking. We're just gonna wait for all the good players to go to the AFC. We'll just wait. That's that's gonna be a if if agreed upon. I think that's that's gonna be a, a horrible move for Devontae in a lot of ways. And he's gonna be so disgruntled and so pissed. That because he's leaving one of the greatest to go to Derek Carr. Let me well, he's but he's going to get paid. That's what this move because he declined, but, Frank. After our boy Christian Kirk got his gross contract, mm-hmm. the Packers tried to lowball Devontae Adams for twenty three hey, million dollars. I'm going to take that. He wants Hopkins money, rightfully so. Twenty seven, twenty eight. What yeah, are the pa- I think I, this is fine for the Raiders. I don't think it makes them you know difference makers one way or the other. He'll get his money. Everybody will be happy in Vegas. What does this do to the Packers now? Frank, if you talk about removing the number one receiver, not only in the NFC North, but in the NFC, basically, I think he's the best receiver going in the NFL right now. What do the Packers do from here? So that, does that mean the Packers got the two first round draft picks for this year? I think they got one first and maybe a, they okay. said two prime. Pay. I don't think the Vegas Raiders didn't have two firsts this year. So sure. I, I feel like they got a first and a second probably. That is not enough. My God, what well, a terrible I, deal for the Packers. How about this here? So then, Chirsten and you guys did this last year. Statistical numbers with that, Aaron Rodgers was actually better percentage-wise without Devontae Adam when he was not playing on the football field. He actually had the quarterback, the bad man, Mr. Rodgers, was a, he had better percentages as a quarterback. He was more efficient as a quarterback when Devontae wasn't on the field. So now when you look at it from that perspective, Will Aaron Rodgers be happy or will he be pissed? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they told him and said, hey, you're much more effective. If we can get more picks for you, then we can get guys in the draft that we're bringing that's ready to play and ready to go. But if I'm if I'm him, I would feel betrayed if, it, if, he, if, he, if he wasn't involved in the conversation. Everybody's saying the contract is done, $28.5 million per year. Good hell. Um, I think it just shows you the power of the receiver, Frank. Frank Sanders played in the NFL in the wrong era because I would argue receivers right now, Frank, are the most sought-after commodity after quarterback and maybe pass rusher. I would say you have to have multiple, multiple Pro Bowl-level receivers, big-time playmakers to sniff a championship. And I I just don't understand this move from the Packers' standpoint. The Packers are getting the Raiders' first-round pick and another pick. That's, That's it. Man, I can't wait for the next Pat McAfee show with Aaron Rodgers to be able to bitch and complain about this. Good hell. Look, that's, I, I have to feel that he had he had something to say in this conversation. I think one of the first things that I heard when I woke up that morning after Aaron Rodgers signed his actual contract was Stephen A. from another, you know, Stephen A. said, you know, I don't give a shit. I mean, what are you going, what are you going to do for Devontae Adams? And now Devontae Adams is gone from the, from the, from the Packers and now he's with the Raiders. I mean – it's crazy. And I agree with you. Receivers are a sort of commodity because you're paying a guy $40-something million to prove why he's worth $40-something million. When I came in the league, the average throw was about 30, 28 to 34 p- passes a game. Right now, the average throw in the, in the NFL right now is about 45 to 52 passes a game. And, I mean, it's a, it's a shotgun offense across the board, three and four wide receivers. The only one that runs a shotgun offense that doesn't have three and four wide receivers is the Raven. And the reason why? The quarterback is a running back as well. So, shit, they, that's their offensive system. But, look, kudos to him because he deserved it. He's been one of the best receivers in the NFL. Yeah. But along the numbers have matched just like Jerry, Jerry Rice's numbers used to be. He's playing with Steve Young. He's playing with Joe Montana. 
two of the best receivers in the league as well, two of the best uh, quarterbacks in his time and era in the league. So guys like him, when they play with the best, you're going to get the best out of them. And uh, he deserves the 28 million. That's good for him. I just think the Packers right now, man, have really. Um, they really screwed it. They've screwed they, themselves. They put themselves in a conversation where now I'm like, you I have to ask the question, did Aaron suggest this move? And is Aaron okay with that move? And that's you had they they would have had to have let him know this is just hopefully it leads to a breakup dysfunction in Green Bay because the Packers are on the Cardinal schedule next year. Uh, we also, according to Jalen, play the AFC West, which is mm-hmm. nightmare fuel in and of itself. Not good for the Cardinals, but what's good for you? Children five and older are eligible for the COVID nineteen vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID nineteen. The COVID nineteen vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized. We're dying from the disease. It's safe, free, and highly effective. COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for location nearest to. I also want to remind everybody, go check out gophnx.com as we've got a plethora of content on content on content. 50 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent months, or you can pay just under 60 bucks for the next calendar year and get a free t-shirt from our PHNX merchandise locker in the process. It is a deal you cannot beat. Um, people are asking, why not just pay Adams if you're Green Bay? I have no idea. If you're trying to win a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers is on what equates, I think, a three- or four-year deal with a championship aspiration, championship window. Um, brutal, as Teddy in the chat says. Frank, do you miss Sun Devil Stadium? Uh, no. Well, I do because that's the only one I played in. I never got a chance to play in State Farm, so yeah, yes, I do, and I miss the uh, I miss the way it plays, man. It's uh, it's not the greatest NFL stadium to play I played in, but it is one of the fun fun ones when we played that place, man. So, no. all right, Frank, you're I'm gonna put you on the spot. You hit free agency once upon a time, leaving the Cardinals. Yeah, what what was that process like? Did you enjoy it, or would you would you rather would you what would you do differently now? If you could do anything differently, um, I probably would have signed with the Carolina Panthers because they ended up going to the Super Bowl that year, <laughs> which is crazy to say. But uh, what I would, I think, I would have waited for the Cardinals to come back in their second return in their second offer. What happened was when I came in, um, and we, I sat down with Rod Graves. He offered, he made an offer of something that I, I thought was way below fair market value. I had done nothing wrong. I wasn't hurt. Um, I was finishing up my last year, my uh, second contract with the Cardinals, and it was way below market value to put me in that position. So, um, and when I heard the state going to go another direction, and I will, and I will myself, and I stood up and shook his hand, and and that was it of that conversation there. What I would have done differently, probably would have waited a little bit more. I had a quarterback in mind, two quarterbacks I had in mind that I want to play for, um, that being. Um, that being Donovan McNabb was one quarterback that I really wanted to try to get a chance to play with. I thought he was more, he understood the offense. He understood what he was doing with himself as a quarterback. I was looking for that. And um, I won't tell, I won't say the next quarterback, but I really wanted to play with him. <laughs> oh man. Should the Cardinals have attempted to make this move? Uh, I don't think that the Green Bay Packers would have been too keen on trading within the conference, but I, I, to me, trading your first and second round pick for the best receiver in football or co-best, if you still consider D-Hop, should the Cardinals have considered this? Um, in my best opinion, yeah. 
here's the, here's the thing though. You got to be willing to say that you're willing to pay the money as well as you're willing to take the risk of getting getting him and bringing him bringing him along. But remembering he's this guy because of the other guy. Mm-hmm. Is my guy that guy? And that's the question. I don't think Derek Carr is nowhere near close to being, and no planet is he close to being Aaron Weaver. But you you put him on some, you put him with a with a quarterback who's not a high end quarterback. Is he a good leader? Yeah. But can he play on Sundays and Thursday night football? I don't see that. And the system that Green Bay created for Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers at the Raiders. And so to me, I feel like they they gave up a lot for a guy that they probably won't use as much as they need to use him. And that to me, I feel like they, they shortchanged themselves. That's what I really do. Uh, Teddy in the chat, Frank, there's a number two opening here just uh, for you to play uh, the number two receiver to – DeAndre Hopkins. We need another outside receiver. We can use so. prime Frank Sanders right now. Uh, I could use I could use that prime time right now. Prime Frank Sanders right now. Frank is 239, 245. At best, they're gonna put me in a tight end position to put me down with, with my with these three fingers on the ground. And I don't plan on doing any blocking for anybody. No time soon, brother. <laughs> Oh, okay. let's get to some of these comments, then we're gonna head out. But Kyler, should we have tried to get Adams? Um Adams is going to be good with or without Rodgers. I agree with that. He'll he'll put up numbers with Derek Carr. Allen Robinson was more reasonable, actual possible situation. Well, the problem with that is he's an L.A. Ram. Um, the Cardinals, it, listen, I like Rondell Moore just as much as anybody else. He's unproven. Antoine Wesley is a developmental player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Andy Isabella is not going to be on the team next year. I feel like you, you have a huge, huge glaring hole at number two receiver. And again – if this team had shown a track record of being able to draft and develop receivers, I would feel great about their chances of finding uh, a compliment to D hop and Rondell in the first or second round. It's because of the fact that Steve Kime, the best, the best receiver Steve Kime's ever drafted was John Brown. The third round, he has never drafted an alpha outside dominant receiver, but he's Frank. He's also never drafted a skill player in the first round dating back to 2013. Mm. It's ironic. 2012, was when the Cardinals took Michael Floyd in the first round, and then Rod Graves was abruptly fired. Steve Kime has never taken a skill player in the first round. No running backs, no tight ends, no receivers. I feel like this year, you just feel like if there's the right player, they need to pull the trigger, but maybe it's just not in his DNA. Look, that sounds so crazy, understanding the players guys in in the skill position. We had Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolin. Those guys in that particular area, I get that. But you need to add some additions. Right now, this would be a good time for him to go out and get somebody, some skilled football players, because we need it. I, JJ, look, Juju's out there. We're talking about JJ. Uh, Julio Jones is another option. Again, an older veteran receiver who has who has nicks and a lot of leg injuries. And as a receiver, all you have is your leg. So I kind of wash him off the board just because I know already as an older receiver, once you start having leg injuries, they do not go away. They just – they don't go away. And so that to me would be um, something that I just don't think uh, bringing Julio Jones would be good. We need something. And again, look at this here. Our offense is a passing offense. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out how this, how, we, how we're going to get, how, how Kyle is going to get this ball to these people. And, and he needs players to be able to do that with. And if you don't have another guy that's going to be a stud, then that to me would be a shame if we don't make aggressive moves when it comes to this free agency period right now. 
Uh, Juju, Julio, there are some options left at receiver in free agency. Odell, what would you be your preference, Frank? If the Cardinals went out in free agency, I, I think I know because I think we're on the same page, but who would you go after? As a receiver? Yeah, in free agency. Yeah. Look, when it comes to that, man, I, I I still think we need to pull somebody out of the draft without a doubt. I mean, I think those guys, those first two, first two names we talked about, and you talked about, Alave and um, Garrett from out of out of out of OU. But, yeah, I mean, if, if it's the only person right now, Odell's coming off a knee injury. The NFL right now, the way the surgery market takes place, it's about a four to six month window, and then he's yeah. running. And can he get back up to speed? And will he trust that knee again? It's the same knee that he injured before, mm-hmm. same particular situation. So, is he in a position where he comes back where he's just as hungry? Remember, he got the Super Bowl ring right now. And so yeah. is he the guy that wants to come back and fight for the Super Bowl ring? Is he the guy that you're going to give $20 million to? I just don't see that right now, especially not knowing what kind of knowing the injury he has and, and if he comes back well. So I can't I can't specifically say other names out that I think I would bring in. I'm still not not sold on AJ Green as a veteran receiver. No. He's not amazing, but don't, don't, he's not amazing, but he gave me 70 plus catches last year. I just think the offense didn't move him enough to give him an opportunity to be more special than he could have been. We'll end it here. I, I, I think Odell would be the play. Um, if you could get him at a reasonable cost, if you could protect yourself, not too much guaranteed money. I, the people in the chat know I'm not a Juju fan. Uh, Landry's an underneath receiver. Beckham is, is an outside guy. And I, I do think that maybe he feels a little scorned from the LA Rams now going after Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not mean if you sign Odell, you still couldn't draft a receiver. I feel like he, if he he probably will be healthy September, late September, early October, uh, and the team, the Cardinals always start fast. So maybe you get Odell ready to go for the last eight to ten weeks when this team really struggles. Yeah. So uh, I just we are in we're in the process now. This Cardinal team, they're flipping some guys, right? They're flipping over the roster. Jordan Hicks is gone. Just this is Justin Pugh's last year. We don't know. Maybe Humphrey's last year. So I, I'm I'm okay with some of these contracts like Gladney, two-year deal, right? Clearly, they want to see if he can be a foundational piece. Mm-hmm. I think you could bring in Odell Beckham on a couple-year contract and say, okay, Odell, yes, we're, we we want to get you healthy. We're going to try to make the playoffs next year, but we want this to kind of be your home <laughs> for the latter stages of your career because we still we saw it in the postseason. He was one of the best receivers in the NFL. So. That would be my recommendation. Um, yeah, that just I'm still shocked over this Devonte move. I want to remind wow. everybody to like, subscribe, leave us a five star review. We are begging the Cardinals for any kind of move so we can do an emergency podcast. As Jacob so uh, nicely puts it, I am thirsty for moves. I have not heard anything. Everybody in my DMs, I'm not deliberately ignoring you. I would share what I have. Uh, the Cardinals. They are slow playing this, uh, for better or worse. Um, the Clay Comb, quickly, I think you give given Kime too much credit. He's been on the record saying it's a year-to-year business. He doesn't think about the future, Johnny. When I talked to him at the Combine, he talked about staying aggressive. Because I said, you're going to have to pay Kyler. Are you more, more inclined to just build through the draft and go conservative? And he said, no. We have been aggressive. We've traded picks. We, we're going to remain aggressive. So far, Frank... Nothing, Not nothing at all. Tra- nothing's <laughs> nothing transpired. <at> <laughs> nothing. The crazy thing about it is we don't really have anything to really flip. Uh, unless we're going to just flip out, you know, and give up the next 
first round this year and the first round second in, 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 in 2023. I'm okay with that if the picks that we get, the guys that we get, have veteran leadership and they come in their impact players. On the D-line, we need a Mike line, we need a Mike linebacker, a serious Mike linebacker. And it will Vance Joseph keep the system at a 4-3, only drop back into a 3-4 defensive scheme. And that's depending on who we get right now. And right now, our, our D-line is is nobody. And our <clears throat> and our and our linebacking core is young guys. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals are moveless through three days of note. Thank you, Mike B. We appreciate it. Frank and I will be back tomorrow, 4 p.m. to put a bow on this week of free agency. Let's all please pray to God that the Cardinals have a have a legitimate addition between now and then. But for the great Frank Sanders, I'm Johnny Venerable. Again, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We'll see you guys tomorrow.